Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 49 of All Booked Up, the Buffalo and Erie County Public Libraries podcast about books, movies, and all things pop culture. I am your host, Michelle Snyder. And I am Jacob Maracle. <laughs> I am just, is bushwhacked? Is that, does that mean tired? Yeah, actually it does. Then I am you bushwhacked. Are, you are right on. It's also, as we've discussed, a amazing Daniel Stern movie. Oh, well, that's right. 90s. That did come up, didn't it? Yeah. Jacob, everyone, I'd like to uh, warn you before we begin, Jacob's riled up today. He has already said like five terrible things to me before we started recording. Terrible or amazing. It's all a matter of perspective. No, no, they were just legit. They're just terrible. I think that's just in an objective way. That's just how they are. Well, you know. But you're my favorite person. Well, you're mine, Michelle. (laughs) You're my favorite early morning person it's like more than i can handle so i think it really pushes me you know what i'll take it (laughs) if you can deal with somebody early in the morning i feel like that's a good sign um so yeah so episode 49 so exciting next week will be episode 50 50 and then we're getting we're getting up in the 52 area with the our one year anniversary will be coming up. wow i mean i think we're probably at like a year right because we missed a couple weeks here and there yeah you know nobody so 50 might be like a full year i guess we'll we'll discuss it we'll see how it goes we're gonna do some research who knows what we're gonna have to do can we bring fireworks in the studio i mean it's early enough nobody else is here i I wouldn't recommend it so wait wait for fireworks but uh we were thinking for this week something we haven't covered yet that we both love very much and is maybe an underrated format so listeners get ready um but graphic novels they're awesome. Yeah, they're right? fabulous. I mean, got a bad rap with the whole comic book angle. From exactly back in the because day, comic books were superheroes and that was for kids, but they have completely changed. They're a fantastic medium. They're really great too for people. Maybe you don't read a lot. Like maybe you know you're more of a, of a movie watcher. I think they're really good for reluctant readers because you have all of the artwork and. A more visual story to go along with it. Yeah, it was like you know Stanley and all them the guys at DC back in the day. Oh, Stanley, and we should take a moment for for Stanley. But I think like back in the day, they were all kind of like these books are for jerks. We need to like throw some pictures in here. I'm like, getting bra- <laughs> getting bored using my brain here, people. These books are for jerks. We need to get typical. Them, <laughs> yeah, get them right on the nose here, and then thus the graphic novel was born. Yeah, they're so good. They're fabulous. The library itself has an amazing collection we've been collecting it for many years now i would like to say that that i'm in charge of that so i make sure we have the best of everything of course here. just like this podcast anything you're involved <laughs> with michelle it is See, again i can't i just i'm gonna throw something at you go easy on me would you so yeah so let's talk about um these are some of we'll say our personal favorites does that work yeah I mean, and then know. we'll end up doing another episode at some point because there's a lot of really good content out there, but limited time. Yeah. And, and thinking of such, we're just going to throw a couple out there. Watchmen, um, Dark Knight Ri- or Returns. Yeah. Like those are the The, the Walking Dead, ones that yeah. we're not going to spend time on because they're on every list. They're really popular. Yeah, I mean, you, The Walking you, Dead show's been on for I don't even know how many seasons Yeah, now. Watchmen's about to get another shot with a TV series Good, because I didn't really like that movie too much. No, it's it's going to be a sequel to the movie, so we'll see how it goes. Okay. It's HBO, so it should and be And then good. Frank Miller's Dark Knight, that's like the best Batman yeah. comic in my opinion. It's literally the basis and for I don't Dark read, Place movie. I don't read superhero comics, so I'll put that out there. So I, I do like the character of Batman, and I really loved that comic because he's like 40 and just in his own personal yeah. pit of despair. Oh, <laughs> so, that's great. Yeah, it's real dark. Oh, Bruce Wayne's life. 
it's to, to it's be rough. a rich billionaire with enough time to go beat people up. It's, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough situation. Living the dream, people. Um, Living the dream. And then, yeah, so let's pop in here to some of our favorite things and discuss them a bit. And then maybe we will open someone's mind out to a whole new format. Try it, people. The picture books, right? Well, we liked them as kids. Why not enjoy them as adults? Okay, so the first one I want to get into is a series. Um, it is called Preacher by Garth Enos oh. and Steve Dillon. You know it, I right? I do. I love the TV show. Love the comic. It's you know, great. I haven't seen the TV show yet. Really? Yeah. Skip I'm the... I'm very in love with the comic, so I get a little nervous. Okay. Well, then skip the first season. Oh, it's bad? It's not that it's bad. It's just it's the show takes like a right turn in the second season and turns okay. more into the comic, and it's just amazing at this point. Okay, so Preacher is published by Vertigo, which is like one of the DC comic imprints. I think there's nine editions total, if I remember. But it tells the story of Jesse Custer. So he is a preacher in a small Texas town, and he is accidentally possessed by this supernatural creature named Genesis which is the infant of a very unnatural coupling of an angel and a demon. Um, so this Genesis takes him over. It ends up flattening his church. It kills the entire congregation. And then it really just sets Jesse off on a quest, we'll say, um, because it has this Genesis has no sense of individual will since it has both goodness and evil. It's like a power that could rival God. So that makes Jesse Custer, who's bonded to it, potentially the most powerful human in the universe. And then he is he sets off, you know, with a strong sense of right and wrong. And he goes across the United States and he's looking for God. I mean, it's very deep. He's he's joined by his old girlfriend, Tulip, as well as, you know, a hard drinking Irish vampire. Because every story needs one of those. So this makes it seem like it is a pretty dark tale and it is at times but there is a lot of insanity that goes on in these comics oh i mean it's violent oh that's riotous journey for sure and there, like, it, that's what it is a lot of black humor going on in it it's just there is it can be funny the thing that i really like about preacher is i feel like it was one of the first graphic novels that was just written for adults i don't feel like he had kids in mind whereas a lot of them can share an audience I think Preacher was like, nah, this for grown-ups. Yeah. <laughs> Kitch probably should not be reading this after we've dropped the F-bomb about 10 times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's definitely just not for the lighthearted in general. If you're easily squeamish, if you feel like the religious content might offend you, like, you're probably right. It probably will. Oh, I mean, it most certainly will. And it's a lot of material to also take in. Um, and it's the, like... It's a very long story, and there's a lot to take in in the first book, but just feel comfortable that the journey is really worth it and that you find out more in every book, and it really it unfolds. Uh, it's really brilliant. I mean, it is, again, it's dark, but I feel like it's very surprising, and it can surprise you at every moment, which is exactly what you want in yeah. a good read. Oh, it's so much fun. Such a good book. Yeah. Such a good show. Pick them both up. They're, just watch them together. You're going to like it, people. Mm, Jake, that sounds like a direct order from Jacob, so I probably do it. That's how we're rolling He has today. his winter scarf on. I do. This is, this is no nonsense, Jacob. I got the whole scarf going. I like the idea that I can like go for the scarf and not the tie, maybe. I'll be like, I am wearing neckwear, and it is fabulous looking. Sure, so. sure. I think that works you for you. It, you notice it's matching my shirt today, too? Yeah, I'm, 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 I don't know how I feel about it because it's like checks and checks. Hmm. Well, Maybe I, I'm okay with it. I, it's early. I gotta think. Let me finish my tea, and then I'll give you an honest opinion on your outfit. Fashion advice. Okay, what? It all booked up. <laughs> what do you recommend? All right. So, 
You know what I'm going to go with is a comic that's been running for 41 straight years. 41 years? What? 41 years straight, and it is a conti- contiguous storyline. So the, it's been 41 years of real time have occurred in this comic, and you're not going to be able to guess which one it is. I literally have no idea what it is. It is Judge Dredd in the 2000 AD, or the 2000 AD title. 41 years straight they have been producing Dang. content of this story i don't know judge dread at all i did hear that the newer movie that came out was pretty good though i am a big judge dread fan okay. a lot of it has to do with that new movie because the new movie is just amazing there's a tv show i believe it's coming to amazon called just mega city one coming a tv show it's a <laughs> stallone movie from the mid 90s with rap yes Schneider, that so i do know you know you know that's good if they can even branch out but there. it's a really good it's such story a story. Even good. though there's so much content in the storyline at this point, and you, if you go back, it's a, you know, it's 41 years. There's a lot of back reading you'd have to do to catch Is up. Is it one a year yeah. book that he put? Like, are there 41 books, or are there fewer than that? Well, you can pick them up like in like volumes. We okay. have a bunch here at the library, of course, of just this is the storyline that you need to know at this point because there's, of course, filler episodes. Okay. But it's just such an interesting story about how he's gone from being like the on the street rookie kind of cop. Um, in Mega City One that's just like the worst cesspool you could possibly imagine to now in the storyline where he's like the top judge he's like in charge of everything so it's gone from being like an on the street kind of cop book to be more of a high minded political intrigue with a lot of violence still going on as well because you know when you're not a street cop anymore you don't have the same problems when you're running this joint so tell me about it so absolutely the way that the story's just evolved and it's just fascinating because you don't usually get stories and comics that last for 41 years straight it's no not that it's I'm not familiar a, with. no it doesn't happen very Although often. some of those mangas do go on for oh. a million years but not 41 of them yeah so the fact the story's still going that there's it's the original guys that are still doing it it's not like they've had new people doing it so it's one straight vision the entire time it's awesome it's worth going to check out i think i will and you know i think i'm a little trepidation with stories like that where i'm like oh that seems almost superhero-y like i'm not sure if i'll like it but if it's la- if it stood the test of time that long it obviously has merit. I do know you enjoy violent entertainment, so in that front, you'll be entertained for a little bit. That's what does for that sure. say about me? Now I just feel shame. You're, <laughs> you're just a. Pr- I a also child like of your movies times. where I just cry that are beautiful. So, um, okay, next choice here. This is a newer one. It is called "My Favorite Thing Is Monsters" by Emil Ferris. Okay. This I've was never the, heard of this. This one. was the best thing that happened to me um, last year when I read it. So. I'll just get to the storyline and then I'll discuss the art. But it's set against like the tumultuous political backdrop of the late 60s. I believe it's in Chicago. And it's drawn as a fictional graphic diary of this 10-year-old girl, Karen. And she fills it with like B-horror and pulp monster magazines. Um, I'm liking like this images. They look so cool. And she is trying to solve this murder of her upstairs neighbor, um, Anka, who is a Holocaust survivor. And there's like interconnected stories um, about all of these people that kind of live in her building and maybe people that are connected to, to Anka and the story kind of takes her back to, to Anka's life in Nazi Germany. And you just like discover along with Karen, the personal political and present like time there and what happened. It's a, it's super interesting. It's part one. There's a part two was supposed to come out this year, but it just got pushed back a year. The story, all of the artwork, it's like she drew in ballpoint pen. Um, 
but like in colored it in like with individual lines. I don't really know how to describe it. It is breathtakingly beautiful. It won the 2018 Eisner Award for Best Writer Artist. And the Eisner Awards for people who don't know is like the Academy yeah, Awards the, for It's the for big thing novels. when it comes to yeah, and then it won the Eisner Award for Best Graphic Novel New, and it won the Best Eisner Award for Best Coloring. So, so it hit like all the major quadrants there. Absolutely. I mean, it's just like a really, it's a revelatory work. I think it's just strikingly original. Um, there's nothing out there that looks like it. And what's really crazy about the author, so Ferris started working on the graphic novel after she contracted the West Nile virus. Seems like a good time. She became paralyzed. Oh. At age 40 and had like a working hand. And then. Like just one working hand? Like literally, yeah. Just like the guy from Breaking Bad? And then like went through and made this. So she attended the school, um, the Art Institute of Chicago for writing and began the graphic novel to really help her recover. Um, and it took her six years to create 700 pages. Wow. Yeah, and it draws a lot on like her childhood of growing up in Chicago, and she really loved monsters and horror media. And you can see how much she loved it in every page and everything that she draws. So Art, Art Spiegelman, our guy who came here who did Mouse, which again, one of the yeah. most popular. Fr- friend of the show. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, that's it. He said that she is one of the most important comic artists of our time. Oh. And I agree, so. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, that sounds pretty awesome, I gotta it say. It is just so cool looking. When we're done, we should look up some um, images just to give you an idea of what it looks like. That's another thing when it comes to the graphic novels people overlook. Like, they just think that it's just picture books that don't have any meaning. But like, if you look at the artwork, there's some fabulous art. It's like a, it's like a story it. itself. You know, you, you turn a page and, and kind of look at that. I also think people are just afraid that they're not going to know how to read it, which is very valid. Especially when you get into the mangas where it's back to front, bottom to top. I mean, that's nonsense. just kind of terrible. But you can definitely do it like just take your time um you know give yourself a second to learn the format and then i think that you'll really enjoy it yeah i mean this is like it's watching a movie on screen for you people just go ahead and read the book watch the movie do everything it's great i don't really know what you're getting in there but i like yeah. it anyway you're like, <laughs> you were just like yeah like yeah. i don't I'm either just gonna, i'm I just gonna either. go ahead and disagree with you on that one <laughs> go to your next all right we got next is uh, another book by robert kirkman the guy behind the walking dead but in my opinion his much superior comic work what is it gonna be i love the walking dead it is called invincible so what? I don't know that at all. We said we would not mention uh, the graphic, like, you know, the more superhero-y stuff. But this is, of all things, it's definitely a superhero book. But what this one does is, uh, one thing that I noticed a lot of superhero comics do is, if somebody dies in the comic, it's kind of a comical idea that they're not going to be back at some point. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of counting down to when they're going to return. Like a, like a soap opera. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> it's like, too. when's going to be the big reveal <laughs> that they're taking off their hood and it's really them. <laughs> Um, Invincible is a comic with real stakes. People get killed in horrifically violent ways because we're dealing with super-powered people. So there's a lot of, like, ripping apart and beating to a pulp. But what? who are these people? Like, are they X-Men, sort of? Like, they're it, just people with a power, or does everyone have a power? It's like an X-Men kind of situation. Um, okay. Like, there's a bunch of superheroes that are known. Everybody's costumed. But occasionally, they will just get mercilessly murdered. Sometimes the villains win. The villains win a lot in this um comic universe as they would more in reality it's unrealistic to think that they would not win occasionally and go through with some of their um, evil plans this one kind of explains what happens when they do and 
what are the after effects that people have to deal with? Like, what do you do if the biggest hero in the world turns out to be an evil villain that everybody didn't know was trying to kill the entire human Bummer. race the whole time? Bummer. <laughs> what a letdown. So the whole story revolves around um, a kid whose name is escaping me. <laughs> um, but he fi- um, find- that guy. He finds out that he his dad is the superhero that's um, the biggest superhero in the world and that he's going to have powers too because okay. um, of like alien past I don't have time. It's a very complicated story. But it's good. Um, but yeah, he starts this to come This is one graphic powers. novel or it's a series? It's a series. Okay. It just wrapped up with its 144th issue this past summer. So, so how many graphic novels does that make, though? Um, I believe it is 15 volumes. Wow, 15. So you can okay. go pick them all up. They got them all broken down the storylines. Sure. Um, just the fact that there's actually some kind of stakes to everything. You can't just slough some injuries off because they do come up a lot past traumas, turn heroes into villains in the story. It just deals with like the effects it would have on your family, the effects it has on the world, the governments. It looks like it's had an effect on you. It's such a good book. I haven't actually had a chance to finish the story, so I'm just waiting for it to to all come out so I can finish it up and see where it all goes. But okay. I think I'm actually I'm gonna check that out. Yeah, it's a good one. I'm I think you'll like it. Respecting your choices. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> that. You're welcome. Okay. So another one of my favorites is a series called Why the Last Man. Oh, I knew I do like that one. You have read it? I have read some of it. I began it, but I never how actually finished it. How could you not finish it? Finish it? It's right. so good. I was way on a waiting list. That's how popular this book is. People. Okay. So this is a post-apocalyptic science fiction sort of comic book. It's a series by Brian K. Vaughn and Pia Guerrero, published by Vertigo. I think it was like 2002 through 2008. And now I'll say Brian K. Vaughn um, has a lot of work out there. This dude has won 14 Eisner Awards. So I don't need to tell you that he's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty impressive resume right there. Yes. Yeah, so it's the story of Yorick Brown, and he is the only human survivor of a planet-wide plague that instantly kills every mammal possessing a Y chromosome. Oh, that's not good for me. Bummer. But accompanied by this mysterious government agent, there's a brilliant young geneticist, and his pet monkey, Ampersand, Yorick travels the world in search of his lost love and the answer to why he is the last man on Earth. You know, it it really, it starts off, it's so strong because it asks, like, these great questions of, like, why him? Why this monkey? What caused the plague? You know, how does, how would society function with nearly half of its population abruptly gone? Um, You know, women really stand up to the challenge in this graphic novel. So I really love it. It's really funny. Like, Yorick is a great character. It's, I feel like it's socially relevant. Um, It is endlessly surprising. Like, each new volume of it is is really exciting. It's a total page turner. Very, very fluid storytelling, which I think doesn't always happen in graphic novels. So it really excels for that. That's good to know because, yeah, sometimes you can tell on graphic novels if, like, especially for ongoing series, if somebody, like, loses momentum or they lose a writer or something. Exactly. Someone new jumps in. But, yeah, it's very fluid. Um, It feels really good. It's such a good story. Like, especially, like, it, I think maybe graphic novels can be considered um, a more masculine format. Like, maybe more men gravitate towards them. But Why the Last Man is a great one for women. Another one with a TV series coming. So I've heard that, but then I feel like it never comes. Well, let's stop, start. They're like, do you want to do a movie, a TV show? Yeah, so I'm not sure where that's been left, but it's fantastic. Check it out. Yeah, go check it out, people. That's a very good book. All right, what's next? Let's see. I like your choices. I'm liking where this is going. Thank 
you. You're probably not going to like my next one oh, because you've never heard of it. That was I'm a sure. nice setup. Thank you. Well, that's what I do here. I'm all about the setting up. Mm-hmm. All right. So Spike it. What do you got? <laughs> next one is God is Dead by Jonathan Hickman and Mike Costa. No, now, don't know. This book is not what you expect what it's going to be. So it starts out in the Vatican. It's just a nice shot of the Vatican. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> this dude walks in and says that I am Zeus and I am declaring Earth now belongs to me. Wow, look at that. So it becomes a whole new story. What a Wednesday. <laughs> but then it turns out that this guy really is Zeus and he is actually laying claim to it and that gods are real, all of them. Every single one that anybody worships in the so, entire world. Oh, that's a lot of them. Yeah, they are all real. And they're all like, you know what? If Zeus is going to go over here claiming Earth, they're like, nah, I want to claim Earth. Oh. So basically. Is there elephants? Yep, everybody. Oh, cool. Everybody. <laughs> okay, So cool. it's like a basic battle royale breaks out where all the gods start fighting each other over dominion over Earth. And it has horrible consequences for humans who also... <laughs> decide that the only way to fight um, all these gods and stop them from destroying the earth and killing everybody is to breed their own gods off of DNA they find, and that's basically humanity. Well, I mean, obviously, yeah, that's I mean, obvious. Dude, <laughs> next step. you got to do a Pacific Rim This is situation. the Jurassic Park of, of graphic novels. <laughs> it it kind of <laughs> is at certain points. Um, but it is just such a, it's such a funny and violent comic book in addition to it's just such a wacky idea mm-hmm. that like every single god is out there and they're just like we're gonna fight like why we want to have with the greek gods fought the egyptian gods well they're bored if you want to get the aztec ones in there every once in a while they start turning on each other it's just it seems like no matter what it had to be it's a really well researched oh yeah comic. there's some that i'm like, <laughs> like i don't know who that is yeah <laughs> i haven't even heard of that god like that's gonna be a cool power I mean, just I the greek and roman it's so much just them and yeah. they all show up and a whole bunch of them get m- just here's an interesting killed. question what do they do for like muhammad because you're not allowed to depict him they mention him but, but they don't show they him. never show him he's okay. just kind of like he's not he's off doing his own thing or they just have like his prophets will show up and okay. they'll be dealing with him respect it yeah <laughs> like, they, well done they bring everybody up but they're okay. just like yeah he doesn't need to do anything with this one we're not going to bring they're not going to kick that horn it's nest. it's unnecessary okay that um, sounds cool too but it's such a like it's such a good depressing story but just, <laughs> it's just a we fun, love depressing things. it's just a fun quick read with a bunch of names you know they brought out all the hits all the stars are here for this one so go check it out <laughs> like when i'm reading a book about my ancient gods i yeah. like it to be the stars it's I like, like oh, it to be the top players i know that guy odin versus <laughs> zeus sign me up <laughs> okay sounds good um okay so this one since i guess we have religious aspects to it this one does as well i'm going to say this is the most beautiful graphic novel i've ever read and i'm pretty sure i might ever read i oh, think this that's can't, high praise can't right be there. topped it is called habibi by Greg Thompson. Um, it was published by Panthenon in September of 2011. Okay, Habibi, where to begin here? So this is, it's 672 pages. Ouch. And it is set in a, like a fictional Islamic kind of fairy tale landscape and it sprawls across, like there's deserts and harems, there's a sort of modern industrial clutter happening and Habibi is telling the story of uh, Dodola and Zam and they are refugee child slaves, and they're kind of bound to each other by chance um, and circumstance. And it's about the love that grows between them. Um, The story follows their lives 
so some of it unfolds together. Some of it they're apart. They're struggling to make their place in the world. It can be very upsetting. There are terrible things that happen to both of them. Of course. It's not for the weak of heart here. But it has just extraordinary depth. The story has frailty. It's like a contemporary and timeless story at the same time. Like, I think it was a big deal when it came out, but I feel like it should be talked about all the time. This is like, this book is the perfect example of the magic of storytelling. And it's a really interesting, because it shows the common heritage of Christianity and Islam. And that was really fascinating for me, because I feel like there's always such a battle kind of between the two religions, at least that's what they want us to feel. This is what you hear on the news and this and that. It's so different. But when you're watching this, it's like practically the exact same religion they feel like the exact same things it's that was fascinating for me where i'm like what this stemmed because they both kind of just grew from each other um so it is the drawings jacob unreal i can like, see ecstasy in your eyes thinking truly about it. you just will stare at a page and be like this was just a page where he wrote maybe like the chapter name but then he spent days or weeks illustrating just that page Hmm. so you're like wow like you did not i mean i read a couple quotes about it that and the two that i really liked a one was that this was the greatest story ever drawn and the other one is that every mark on the page can be a prayer oh that's some very like intense yes and it really it really suits it when you're looking at it so again there there are some disturbing imagery but all in all it's a beautiful story it's about love and resilience and the the religion is really beautiful i don't know it is it's fantastic he's won other awards for he did blankets are you familiar with that one one? that one's also really good too we can talk about that at a later episode but habibi is a must read an absolute must read in every level okay cool yeah. I'm always interested when you get like in books trying to teach you something, even if they are 600 pages. I'm no, as we all know, I am no, but it's I'm like, not scared about long but books. But it's so. worth it because a lot of that though you think that's art. It's not like you're reading 672 right. pages. You know, a lot of that you're like, oh, I'm just going to take a minute and, and absorb what I'm looking at and the detail and the beauty of it. That's so exactly it's it. what makes graphic novels great is the idea of how True. it opens you up, like lets you set a mood and preach, my friend. It, it is I'm, true. I was going to go try to go highbrow on my next one. No, you're I not. I can't follow that. <laughs> you're up, not, so. so you're just going to go right to the gutter. Right to the gutter. Right to the gutter. We'll do this. This will have to be the last one, sadly. So I'm going to have to save the million more I have for another yeah. episode. Yeah, I'm sure. We, we, we'll, be, we'll come back to it. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good topic there. So I'm going to go with one that was also made into a movie that was spectacular. Hmm. That is 30 Days of Night. The original graphic novel series by Steve Niles. Is that a Josh Hartnett movie? It is a Josh Hartnett movie. Such a Josh Hartnett fan. You love the heartthrobs. Man, I have had the (laughs) Hartnett renaissance lately. You know, after Penny Dreadful and 30 Days a Night, I'm like, this guy is putting out some solid horror work. Okay. People are sleeping on him. So, okay. 30 Days a Night, if you haven't known, it's a three-part limited um, graphic novel series that basically starts with the idea that what if vampires decided, hey, it is dark for an entire month in this part of Alaska, which is true. It really is like that up there. So what if we just went to this town and then just had like a feast for an entire month? This is so weird. Why was Andrew was talking about this this morning because we were talking about the sun setting in Alaska. Yeah. Is that 
I wonder if he was talking about that movie or if it's a premise of another film. Sorry, go know. ahead. You, that question. was just really deja vu. Um, but yeah, it's just the idea that what would happen if vampires just go to a place where there is no sun and the humans are living for an entire month and decide we're just going to feast and have a good old time for a month. And mm-hmm. it basically follows us people that are trying to actually survive and hide for a month from people with superpowers that are out constantly. It doesn't for sound it. easy. No, and it is a very, like, of course, big shocker here, violent book. <laughs> you love your violent comic. But also a very, like, pretty drawn book. Like, okay. It's got a very distinct visual style. They have a lot of, like, movement in the way that they paint, like, the vampire art. Like, getting speed and giving you an idea of quick movements in comics cannot is not always the easiest thing to do. But the way the artist has kind of, like, drawn out um, watercolor looks to them. So the paintings just look like they're in motion at all times. It's oh, just such I a like good story. You. And like I said, it's just a good violent violent little ghost story that you can read. And, you know, graphic novel violence is is different. Like maybe you're like, oh, I'm into that. I like vampires, but sometimes the depictions on screen is a little too intense for me. Like a drawing might be more your speed. Yeah, it's very stylized. So yeah. You don't have to like, it's not going to be the intense like, oh. You can put your hand over the over the, the box if you don't want to look at a specific one. Um, But yeah, just a, such a good little quick little read it's only three chapters three not three chapters three volumes but three volumes yeah but yeah you can read them all read them in an afternoon have a good little vampire tale and just think like gosh i'm so happy the sun comes up every once in a while such a common expression a good little vampire tale okay all right well those are some great choices and hope that you that everybody liked them want to do a plug and then we'll sure we'll swing on out of here so everything that you hear on all booked up you can pick up at your local library all 37 branches if we don't have it just you know request it we'll go pick it up for you and don't forget you can also check out all booked up on itunes stitcher soundcloud we always love a rating that's right Five star only? No, whatever rating you prefer. Five star. Don't listen to him. You're such a bully. Um, Okay, so now that we have been talking about um, graphic novels and art, I have a couple art facts I want to throw at you, okay? Okay. Okay, so experts at the Louvre Museum in Paris (laughs) have verified that it took Da Vinci... I'm not even, you're not even ready. Your brain is not ready for what to say. I don't know about that. We'll it see. took Da Vinci 12 years oh, nope. to paint the Mona Lisa's lips. What? Yes. See. It says that he wanted to really capture an air of mystery in her smile. 12 years on her lips. Well, I mean, I guess it worked out, but man, that's... Well, it worked out so much that when the Mona Lisa was stolen from the Louvre in 1911, the empty space that it left on the wall attracted more visitors than the painting had when it was uh, there. So literally nothing was better than something. <laughs> yeah, so, and then... Um... I, like, I like the idea that... I like the idea at one point he was also like, you know what? I'm just going to go back to the first thing I did. I think I had it right seven years ago. So, yeah, this is this is the one. I mean, it's whereas now Roman statues, when they were made back in the day, they used to be made with detachable heads um, so that, yeah, so that a head could be removed and replaced by another um, because it seemed really practical for them. Like, well, I'm not going to make every emperor like yeah. a bust for everyone i'll just wait for him to be killed which is inevitably going to happen yeah, and then i'll create a new head and just pop it on top of the statue i appreciate that kind of uh <laughs> respect utilitarian stuff like all right guys and then um last one for drawing that the graphite pencil 
was discovered before 1565. So graphite was uh, discovered near gray knots of Seawaith in Cumbria, England. It's a great uh, place to vacation. My, yeah, it's my favorite vacation spot. Um, and like the locals found it, and the, the traditional farmers found that it was really useful for marking their sheep. Oh. So that was like the creation of the pencil. And now, instead of marking sheep, it's drawing amazing graphic novels. Awesome. See, look at that. Right? It's all coming full circle. It all did. So, okay, everybody. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Bye.